Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 29th of March 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets and startups. My name is Nadine Blaney and I'm here with David Scott. Scotty, good day. Bit of a variation there on the hello, hello. Uh, yeah, I like it. Is that because the budget's coming up tonight? Oh, I just can't wait for the budget. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes things just come out, as you know, standing beside me every day, sometimes things just come out of my mouth funny. Oh, at least like you probably plan it half the time, just uh, (laughs) rattle off things. I'm like, did I just say that? Anyhow, let's get this on track. Infotech up by 3.3% overall today, leading the gain sector-wise. Square, App, and Tyra. I'm going to whiplash watching these markets these days. Yeah, I guess uh, up 3.3% today probably means they'll be down tomorrow on current form. uh, Topsy-turvy markets. But the only thing that's really been consistent recently has been those banks just continue to go and power higher. And uh, no surprise that the market made it six consecutive gains in a row today. Yeah, just had a chat with Martin Crabb, who, as you know, is CIO of Sean Partners. He thinks that CBA is one of the most ridiculously priced companies out there right now. He views the banks as bond proxies. He says sell. You know, it's up um, exponentially. And he's like, if you've got it, check the weighting in your portfolio mm. and take profits. Uh, because, yeah, he, he just thinks it's ridiculously priced at 20 times, um, you know, considering everything that's, that's going on out there. Yeah, I, I must admit that I, I try to be pretty measured when it comes to looking at the markets and, uh, and, and digesting, being a bit sceptical at times. And uh, I'd be a lot more excited about the rally if it wasn't occurring in the final week of quarter end. Uh, there's just lots of funniness going on in these markets at the moment. So I wonder how we're going to go and trade once we go and turn into uh, April. Hopefully no one out there will be an April Fool. Yeah, well, oh yeah, April 1st is rolling around. Uh, well, we spoke with Harper Bernays today, and I asked Alex Pakoulis if we are in a bear market rally. It's a question that took him aback. I mean, you can listen to the interview yourself, um, but yeah, a lot of people out there are sort of scratching their heads as to exactly what's going on out there, and particularly in equities, particularly when you contrast it to what we're seeing in terms of uh, the bond market and in inversions, and, and Martin Crabb introduced me to the... Um, inverted butterfly term today oh really yeah i'm not not af- across that but uh, <laughs> i know that the other uh, two's tens curve in the states came within three basis points of uh, inverting yeah. mm. today and i'm sure that uh, editorial teams in business publications around the other uh, world would have been arming themselves with their recession coming in 18 months yep etc uh, i know it's uh, we joke about it but uh the track record is uh, is Second to none, really. So uh, keep a close eye. The bond market is saying that things are not all rosy out there at the moment. Okay. So, um, look, I, I just have been flipping through our newsletter, which is also called the COB. If anybody doesn't receive it, it's it's worthwhile. Uh, 
you wrote a lot today. What's it about? I didn't read it. Yeah, look, <laughs> I've just got going. Just uh, summarize. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a background in FX and just uh, looking at a variety of different parameters. I thought the Aussie dollar looks a bit uh, a bit undervalued uh, relative to uh, to what we've got in terms of commodity prices, interest rate differentials, real rate differentials, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, a few people on the program have said, oh, they expect that uh, the Aussie will go and, and kick higher and, and strengthen further when the RBA goes and uh, signals that it's going to go and start hiking rates. And I found that really interesting because we have OIS pricing, a uh, um, fixed income market. So no price in aggressive rate hikes from the RBA. 3% so, by, uh, uh, what is it, April or August 2023? Yeah, those, I, those uh, uh, cash rate futures, I'm a bit a bit further out the curve. I'm a bit skeptical about the pricing. I prefer OIS. But yeah, a lot of a lot of pricing is, uh, is factored in. And I was just wondering, I know, can something that's being factored in not be factored in? Uh, can one market factor it in and another market doesn't? So it'll be interesting to see what happens when the RBA goes and turns hawkish and actually starts a signal that rate hikes are imminent. Uh, but uh, no, will the Aussie dollar go get a kick higher? Well, we'll find out, I reckon, probably in the next month because uh, some of the inflation readings and the anecdotal stuff we're seeing at the moment, uh, including today's retail sales report, all suggest that uh, those inflationary pressures may be a little bit stronger than what uh, the RBA was mm-hmm. looking for. That was a strong retail sales read, particularly when you consider New South Wales and uh, the floods and uncertainty still. I mean, I just was reading something anecdotally about you know this COVID thing is is becoming a this isolation thing I mean we don't need to go on about it today again we indulged ourselves yesterday but (laughs) um yeah I mean in that context the retail sales report was pretty strong um so here's the thing though with the Aussie so we've got commodities which have been a real tailwind but I was just reading that Shanghai has actually increased the extent of its lockdown uh, locking down the whole eastern part of the city, and um, and actually is where the stock exchange is housed. I mean, if China and China doesn't continue to grow, I mean that that sort of that's not Aussie dollar positive. No, absolutely not. Uh, if China was to go and fall in a heap, uh, the Aussie dollar would be well below fifty cents. Uh, how far below will probably depend on the, how bad the situation is in China. That's but not is China. I mean, is it realistic to say China would ever fall in a heap? It's got uh, no, policymakers that are going to prevent not, that, right? Not, a, not unless there was some kind of uh, revolution, and uh, certainly that's not on the cards for the time being. But uh, yeah, the lockdowns. Like we're talking to Clyde Russell from uh, Thomson Reuters today about the iron ore price. Mm-hmm. A lot of sentiment towards China at the moment is built on hope. It's all built on more stimmy, more building, more mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, and look, proof will be in the pudding in time, but uh, a lot of those really bullish expectations are well and truly factored in. Uh, maybe that is a risk for the Aussie dollar, but uh, lo and behold, I reckon when the RBA commodity price uh, basket comes out uh, at the end of this week, I dare say that's going to have the highest level on record. So that's uh, pretty good for what you deem to be one of the other the chief commodity currencies. Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, that could be positive for the budget tonight. Look, I, I just don't think we should go into the budget. We've talked about it all day. We know it's been leaked. Anything else will come to the fore at 7.30. We'll be talking about it lots tomorrow, you know, mm. with, some, with some thoughtful analysis of what's to come and what difference it will actually make or not make in the real economy. But one thing we do know is that commodity prices have been a wind beneath our wings. Yeah, and I dare say that the uh, government will, Treasury will go and keep uh, its really conservative forecast for the likes of iron ore, thermal coal, uh, met coal, uh, LNG mm-hmm. and the like. Uh, but 
one thing, you know, if you want to go and look into it a little bit more in detail, have a look at the, uh, the nominal GDP forecast and have a look at uh, when it comes to wage growth. We know that wage growth is expected to be pretty hot and that's going to go and help feed into the, uh, the budget bottom line, those revenues that come through from income tax. And that will give you a sense as to whether it's believable or not. And that's what everyone's going to be uh, questioning in the, uh, the time after. Are these assumptions realistic? Yeah. Okay, so we've got a couple of interviews you might want to listen to via the show notes. How Credit Suisse invests in the lucky country. I like Michael Janicki, and he runs us through some companies. And uh, Henry Jennings, fan favorite, tools to put your dividends to work. Okay, interesting that one. Um, Stock of the day with Sigma Healthcare. It reported, and it reported a $7.2 million loss, but it is saying 2023 will return to profitability. Um, our our expert guests, Mark Moreland from Team Invest and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital weigh in. The legacy business, it's got, you know, it's it's it, all this capital expenditures to make it more efficient. It is getting to, end, to the end of that CapEx cycle spend. So next year should be better overall, but realistically, <coughs> they, the competition from a company that was doing it better with less resources has now right. got more resources. So... I don't think I'd be, you know, and West Farm is pretty cheap at the moment as well. Obviously, you get a whole basket of other things as well um, in that. So, look, I'm I'm pretty happy to avoid so it for the better, moment. Better options elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I think there's better options elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. We've looked at it over the years, and it's it's basically been what we class the mediocre business. Right. The pharmaceutical area is hard. You know, it's, you don't make a lot. It's very very competitive. There is a, like a duopoly in the market, but it's very. Uh, it's a tough area to do well in, and as you said, they've increased overheads and so on. It wouldn't excite us, so we would have no right. interest in it. So that's Sigma Healthcare, and I'm just checking in on where it finished the session, up by 2.9%. And I just noticed in the show notes there that uh, those two gentlemen are s- also selling the banks. There we go. Maybe the rally's days are numbered. Well, we will see. Or maybe they're not. Rally today for Nearmap. It updated on its annual contract revenue, and the market liked it, sending shares up by 17.5%. But again, good day to do it, broadly speaking. Mm. Polynovo Magellan found some buyers, up by about 7%. And uh, Zipco, as well, in the BNPL space, which we know well. Flip side of the equation today in terms of share price moves, Whitehaven Coal, Iluca, Worley, Grain Corp, you know, really was sort of a flip of the scenario that we saw painted yesterday. Yeah. And uh, CSL came to the party as well, up by one and a half percent. Yep, war winners were war losers today. Seems to be a pretty common theme at the moment, this uh, flip-flop that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Okay, so um, again, tomorrow we have our budget coverage. We kick it off really um, at, you know, at uh, 8.30 when we're on air normally. That's 8.30 Eastern. But we do have a special program coming up at 9. As part of that program, we will be speaking with the Federal Treasurer, Josh Feidenberg. Looking forward to hearing from him on AusBiz. And uh, we'll also be speaking with the BCA's Jennifer Westacott. Um, boy, the list goes on. Greg McKenna, we know him. He's CEO of a police bank. Um, in the U.S., we do get the Jolts job opening tonight. We get uh, the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index, Consumer Confidence, Weekly Chain Store Sales, and the Dallas Fed Services Index. But I, th- I think you're going to be occupied with the budget tonight, right, Skinny? Uh, look, I'll Come have a gla- on. I'll have a glance of it, but... Um, 
Yeah, I look. I like to go and look at the parameters. There's lots of. Uh, I'll let the other uh, politicking go on when it comes to various uh, policy announcements. But uh, no, for me, uh, the macro lens level. Uh, it's all going to be about you know, those assumptions and uh, know whether we go and trust them or not. And uh, look, the, the key question now, given the uh, where the polls sit at the moment, given where we sit in proximity to the uh, the election, uh, there's probably going to be just as much interest in uh, in Jim Chalmers' speech when he goes and rocks mm-hmm. up a couple of nights later. Let's hope it's detailed. All right. Um, look, let's give it a, a, uh, a wrap. Let's pull ourselves off air. Let's uh, get ready for the day ahead. And I uh, hope you have a good evening, Scotty. You too. Enjoy the budget out there. And uh, if you're playing drinking games, be responsible. <laughs>